Thank you so much, Lawrence. Uh, I just wanted to um, add a little bit something to what was said in Heartbeat. So, like, you know, it's New Year's Day, and we're thinking it's Sunday. And, like, I, you know, I know that we all love Jesus and all that sort of thing, but it's like it's New Year's Day, and we're going to have church. So how are we going to do it? Uh, because, you know, uh, some people, like most people in this congregation, will have been up praying into the early hours of the morning and, and things like that. And then there'll be one or two who are perhaps celebrating and stuff like that. So we said, well, we, 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 it's a bit of a bridge too far to try and get people here for 9 o'clock in the morning. So we started later. We're having one service. And I just thought it would be cool because we've got to think about how we can get everybody in. So we thought, well, we're not going to get everybody in here. So we've got, we've got one service in here. We've got one service in the Lightroom, and we've got one service in the overflow downstairs. We're going to have three different worship experiences, three different preachers, so three completely different uh, services going on, and uh, you just get to choose your title. We're not going to tell you who's preaching where, but we just get to choose your title, not your preacher. So it's just switching it up a little bit, and it's just good to be together, you know, to kick off a new year together in the presence of God. So anyway, we just thought that would be quite cool. So, you know, there is, it's like weird. When Christmas Day and New Year's Day fall on a Sunday and all that sort of thing, it's a little bit weird. And I was uh, this week just thinking now, um, you know, how, it's, you know, how to, to pitch it because we've got to face some realities about Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas. And, you know, we... I don't know. There's just lots of distractions around, isn't there? Yeah. Or maybe that's just me and my family. I don't know. But like, it's a busy time and you've not got all your presents yet, unless you're one of those annoying people who've had them bought and wrapped since June. Uh, no one believes you, Lawrence. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. So uh, I was actually just saying, Lord, what do you want me to say on Sunday? Um, uh, this is Link. My wife uh, took me out. It was my, she bought me uh, a present. My birthday's in May, but she bought me a present to go and see Noah Stewart, who is a tenor, uh, and he was coming to the uh, concert hall and going to be singing like uh, at, uh, with, the, with the Halle Orchestra. Uh, so that's where I went on Wednesday evening, to, uh, and it was, uh, it was uh, uh, just a little bit of culture before Christmas, and uh, it was a really nice time. And I was just, you know, um, as part of the process, uh, thinking, you know, what, what, what do you want me, Lord, what do you want me to say on Sunday? What do you want me to say on Sunday? And Noah Stewart sang uh, from Handel's Messiah. And he sang um, Let uh, uh, Every Valley. Uh, those of you who know Handel's Messiah will, will, will know that. And I just felt that something leapt in my spirit as he started singing that. And, uh, and so I want to I speak from... From that scripture today, from Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40 verses 3 to 5, and um, this is what the Bible says. It says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, 
And all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And Isaiah, I mean, for those of you who like this kind of thing, I certainly do. I mean, what is remarkable about these scriptures is they are prophetically speaking. And we used speaking of John the Baptist, uh, the voice of one crying out, in the wilderness, and, and that was the speaking of, of the coming of Jesus, the coming of a king. What makes this fascinating is that these words were penned 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, which makes it very powerful. And, um, and I was just reflecting, so I went away and reflected on these verses, and I just want to just do a bit of teaching and, and walk our way through these scriptures this Sunday before Christmas. As I said, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The first thing I want to say to us this morning is that he is the God of the dry places. He is the God of the dry places. Make straight in the desert. The dry place, the where is God place, that place where it feels like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and I, I can't feel him. You know, I'm, I'm smiling, but I, I can't feel him. I can't feel his presence. I'm in worship, but in truth, I'm just singing songs. I'm in a place where I'm finding myself irritated by somebody who's enthusiastically worshiping. Do you have any real people in church this morning? You know, that place where someone's so enthusiastic in the worship and you just feel so far away from God and you just doubt their authenticity. You know, like, like no one can be that happy. Not this morning. Not this morning. Nobody can be that happy. Nobody can be that in love with God this morning. I feel in my walk like I've been reduced to going through the motions. I'm serving out of duty, not out of passion or desire. It's it's called a dry place. Has anyone ever walked? through a dry place. You love God, it's not you don't love God, it's not that you, uh, you know, you don't love people, although sometimes they make it really difficult, but you know, you're in a dry place. But God is the God of a dry place. And I was just interested in the way Isaiah said, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Isaiah says, make a highway for God. In the dry place, in the desert, make a highway for God. And I was thinking, how do I make a highway? How, you know, because the the truth is when you're in this place, when you're in this mood, when you're in this frame of mind, you don't even feel like making a highway. But, But how do I make a highway? And I I wrote down three questions. What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? 
on what do I need to keep doing? Because I think that in those things, we make a highway for God in the dry place. Because maybe, maybe, you know, I'm in a dry place because I've been doing some stuff or I am doing some stuff that I shouldn't be doing. I mean, that's, you know, I don't, you don't have to look at me. You don't have to. You can just pretend that everything's all cool. But maybe there's just some stuff going on in your life that, that you know you shouldn't be doing. You know, you're, you know that it's not right. But for all kinds of reasons, you can't get out of it right now. But that would probably be, be an explanation as to why this could be a dry season. Maybe I'm carrying some stuff in my heart. And, and you can feel justified. You can feel, well, you know what? He said that and she did that and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm carrying some stuff in my heart that has brought me into a dry place. Maybe I need to stop bearing a grudge. Maybe I need to stop being so critical. I don't know. Maybe to get out of this dry place, I need to stop doing some stuff. Maybe I need to start doing some stuff. Maybe I've got out of shape in a couple of things in, in my life. You know, sure, I'm coming to church, and, and I, 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 but the truth is I'm not really intentionally developing myself spiritually. I'm not really, you know, reading the Bible in the way I should. I'm not really talking to God. I, you know, like, I, I love him. I love him. He's amazing. He's awesome. But I'm just, you know, I'm busy at the moment, and, and there's just some stuff that got out of shape, and I've had this family thing, and then the car broke down, and, and you know, and then there's, that, there's just that stuff, and, and maybe I need to start formulating some good habits again in my life. Maybe I need to start doing something. Maybe I need to start repenting. Maybe I need to start forgiving. Maybe I need to start doing some things. And maybe there are some things that I just need to keep doing no matter what it feels like. See, I, 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 we, need to, we need to read the Word. Now, I'm going to upset some of you for sure by saying this, but it's just the way I've always been. I'm a bigger fan of quality, not quantity, when it comes to reading the Bible. I'll just be honest with you. So I've, I've done the whole reading the Bible in a year thing, and it's all cool, and it's all great, and it's great to get a breadth of the Bible. But honestly, I don't see the point of reading your day and you can't remember a thing of what's been said. You've just gone, tick, great. You've got that sense of accomplishment, yeah, because I'm on top of my Bible reading, I'm on top of it, I'm on top of it. And then we get the sense that we're being spiritual because we're on top of our Bible reading. But actually, that's not spiritual, that just means you're on top of your Bible reading. To me, what's being spiritual is getting, it's what you get out of it. What's feeding your soul? What are you meditating upon? What are you thinking about? So to me, it's about the quality of your experience, not the quantity. Seriously, I would rather you get one verse that feeds your soul 
that, that, that brings peace to your mind and peace to your heart, and you spend the day meditating on that and thinking on that, rather than just ticking your tick list because you've done your Bible reading and you don't remember, you don't think about it for the rest of the day. We need to, we need to pray. Now, when I'm talking about praying, I'm not talking about the way you think you should pray. I'm talking about just praying, just talking to God. Be real. When you're in a dry place, you just need to be real. You know, sometimes it's just chatting with God. To me, prayer is chatting with God. And, you know, I just, you know, saying, Oh, thou great and glorious Father, omnipotent, omniscient one, thou art omnipresent and thou art my God. And I praise you today. And it's like, you know, it's like, what are you? I mean, great, but really? I think that when you're in a dry place, that's not going to cut it. You need to just some real talk, real talk with God, and, and God, God can handle your real talk. God can handle the way you feel. God can handle your bad days. You know what? He knows all about it anyway. It's no good you pretending to be spiritual, because he knows. He's not judging you by your outward appearance. You know, he's judging you by your heart. He knows what's going on. You might as well be real, because he knows all about it anyway. So be real, not religious. Just, just, just say it like it is. Say, you know, like, I'm not afraid to say, God, you know what, God? I feel really awful today. I don't know where you are. I know you're there, but I don't know where you are. I can't feel you today. But I'm not basing my day on the way I feel. I love you, and, 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 and I thank you for all the blessings in my life. I, but I tell him. I tell him how I feel. I tell him what's going on, and, I, and I'm real with him. Yeah. To me, that's the only kind of prayer you can pray in a dry place. And we need to, we need to. So these are the things we needed to keep doing. Read the word, pray, worship. Now what I say, when I'm talking about worship, I'm talking about sometimes you just need to prime the pump. Sometimes you need to sing when you don't feel like singing. You need to dance when you don't feel like dancing because God is still worthy. Whether I feel like singing or whether I don't feel like singing or whether I feel like... There are, it's not every time I dance I feel like dancing. But you know what? I dance before God because he's worthy to be praised. Because you see, the thing is, God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He is consistent. I'm up and down and in and out and all around. And I have great days and bad days and, and all that. But he's the same. Always the same. And, and sometimes I need to... I, you know, I've got my mind and my flesh, and they're out of sync with where God is. And so I have to, I think, if I do what I know I should do, then, you know what? I've had many times when I've started the service, and I felt absolutely rubbish. But because I've, instead of just standing there, and feeling rubbish, and like, oh, you know, I, 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 I say, I tell my flesh what to do. I say, you know, flesh, you worship God, Spirit of God. I tell my spirit to worship God. And and, and sometimes by by the time I've finished dancing and the time I've finished singing, you know what? My my heart is aligned with God. I know I I, I feel like doing what I didn't feel like doing before. And what I need to keep doing, apart from reading, praying, and worshiping, is surrounding myself with people who will encourage me. And I wrote this down. You know what? Encouragement isn't telling you just what you want to hear. 
Sometimes genuine encouragement is telling you what you don't want to hear, but what you need to hear. Because sometimes I need to hear some things that I don't want to hear. But that is a genuine encouragement. We need some real friends who will tell us like it is and love us anyway. So if you're in a dry place, I want to speak to your spirit today. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. In a dry place, I want to say, His promise is proof of His presence, not your feelings. You might not be able to feel him this morning. You might not be able to feel him close to you. But you need to know that his promise is proof of his presence. And in this season, sure, as Deuteronomy says, you'll have to exercise strength and courage. But in dry seasons, your roots will go down deep. But you have to be disciplined and focus on what you do have rather than what you don't have. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Jeremiah speaks to us about how it's possible to walk through a dry place. He says in Jeremiah 17, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree. Planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It has no worries in a dry place. And never fails to bear fruit. In a dry place, keep going and keep trusting. Turn to someone and say, keep going and keep trusting. Isaiah said, every valley shall be raised up. He's not only the God of the dry place, he's the God of the low place. He's the God of low places. Have you ever been in a low place? I know what it is to to just not have enough money. I know what it is to, to lose your health. I know what it is to lose friendships. I know what it is to lose direction and confidence. I know what it is to give everything and still not work. It's a low place. It's called a low place. But I can come and talk to you about the low place today because I've proved God in the low place. If you're going to be someone who walks with God, you've got to learn to prove him. In the low place. Psalm 23 verse 4 says that even though I walk through the valley, the low place, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, in the low place, I've got to speak to myself and I've got to speak to God. He said, I will fear no evil. Sometimes I've got to speak to me. 
I've got to say, I will fear no evil. Because the thing about the low place is it can, you can become fearful. It's not a place I want to be. The, the low place is not an easy place. The low place is a challenging place. And, and, and I confine myself being fearful. But because the Lord is my shepherd, I say to myself, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I speak to myself and I speak to God. I also have to speak to myself and speak to my enemy. In Micah verses 7, verse 7 to 8, the Bible says this, and I just loved it in the King James. It's the way I know it. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. You see, I have to speak to God and speak to me, and I have to speak to my enemy, and I have to speak to me. Sometimes the only way I'm going to get through my low place is say, rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. I, I might be here right now, but I'm not staying here. I'm coming through. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't yet see the light at the end of the tunnel, but my God will see me through. Though I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. I can't see anything else right now, but God, I know because you've told me, I know you're with me. I might not be able to feel you this morning, but I know you're with me because you promised that you're with me and your promise is proof of your presence. When you're going through the low place, you have to mind what is on your mind. You have to mind what is on your mind. The quality of your thoughts and your confession will make a huge difference to how you survive this season. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything, say anything, anything. if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such Things when you're going through a low place, look for the good. Look for the good. It's so easy to look for the bad. It's so easy to look for everything that's wrong. It's so easy. I'm hurting right now. I'm in pain right now. I don't know. I don't know if anybody cares. Sometimes I don't even feel if God cares. But you know what? I'm going to take authority of my mind and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for the good in this situation. I'm going to confess the good. Make sure you're saying the right things. It is so important. Let me tell you, I have gone through seasons in my life where I've had to write things on pieces of card, on pieces of paper, and keep it in my back pocket, and pull it out during the day, and just read it out, just to make sure there was some good stuff going through my mind. 
because my mind was not able to generate the good stuff that I needed it to generate. So I needed to get out my piece of paper and just make sure something good was coming out of my mouth. Make sure something good was going through my mind. I, want, I am not allowing my mind to do what it wants to do. I'm not allowing my mind to tell me how to behave. I'm going to take out the Word of God, even if I have to get it out of my pocket. If I can't find it in my heart this morning, I'm going to speak out the truth of the Word over myself, over my life, and over my situation. So if you're in a low place this morning, I want to speak to your spirit. And I want to say that valleys are temporary. There's something you're passing through. I love the fact that Isaiah said, every valley shall be raised up. Not just some valleys, every valley. Whatever, whatever valley you're walking through this morning, every valley shall be raised up according to the word of the Lord. God does, God does not want you to be lonely. God does not want you to be angry. This too shall pass. See, a valley, a valley is a depression in the landscape. But God is saying that place, I want want to say to someone today that that place of depression shall be raised up. I want to say today, if you are walking through a place of depression right now, God is going to raise you up. Every valley, every set of circumstances, every deep place, every depressed place, every valley shall be raised up. God will do it. If you've been stuck in a valley. I had this picture this morning and, 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 and I, as I was preparing and I just saw someone walking from, down from one side of the valley and walking through and coming up to the other side of the valley and then instead of going over the edge, they turned back and they went back down the valley and that's where you feel you're just going back and forth in the valley and I believe that the Spirit of God is saying that God, He is raising up the valley. Every valley will be raised up so that that which was a valley will become a straight road. It will become a plain place that you can walk in and you are not going to stay stuck. He will lift you up and he will take you out and he will take you through. That is a place for a praise break right there. Isaiah said that every mountain and hill will be made low. He's the God of the dry place. He's the God of the low place. And I want to say he's the God of the high places too. I want to look at it as from two, two aspects. See, the reality is that there's going to be a valley that follows the mountaintop. I was just thinking about the fact that, you know, mountaintops aren't that big. We all believe for the mountaintops, but they're not. If I stay on the mountaintop, I'm going to die of exposure. We, 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 we live looking for mountaintop experiences, but the truth is, if I'm going to keep moving forward, even when I'm at a mountaintop, I'm going to have a valley. Because that is just the forward momentum of my life. I was thinking about Elijah, how one day Elijah was, you know, pulling down strongholds 
driving out demons, restoring the altars of the Lord. This was a mountaintop experience. His prayers were not just changing a day. They were changing a nation. And he was, he was praying prayers of just enormous uh, spiritual proportions and momentum. And the next day, or the next, within a couple of days, he was wishing he was dead. Saying that I'm no better than my ancestors. The man of the great man of power for the hour one day. Next day, sat under a broom tree thinking, my God, what is my life all about? I'm no better than my ancestors. I wish it, it was better if I was dead. And there's a whole preach on that. But I just, I want to say, I, felt, I, I thought about these words from Rudyard Kipling's poem, If. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. And I was just thinking, you know, triumph and disaster, mountains and valleys, they don't last. You know, we've got to learn how to live our lives on different terrain. You've got to learn to navigate the terrain that isn't a valley and isn't a mountaintop. We, as in our life, we have to negotiate mountaintops, great, and we have to negotiate valleys, great, but we have to understand that we should enjoy and endure them respectively, but not give them too much cre credence in the context of our lives. I say it again, I've said it before, the snapshot, the photograph in the album is a moment. It's not the whole album. It's not your whole life. The photo of you in the tough time, the photo of you in the amazing time, they were a moment in time. The, the photo of you at the mountaintop, you know. The photo of you in the valley. They, they're just photos. They're not the whole album. The only way you understand your life is by looking at the whole album. God, don't get stuck on one page. Don't get stuck on one snapshot. Don't get stuck on one photograph and say, yeah, that's me. No, it's not. That was you. Whether it was a mountaintop or whether it was a valley, that was you. Because now the you today is a different today. And because I believe that God has got you and God has got great plans for your life. And God has got the best for you. You need to understand that God is the God of the high places. And you need to keep them in context. But I also want to take... The second aspect of that, every mountain shall be, every mountain and hill shall be made low. And say this to you, that whatever you stand in shadow of will be brought low. Whatever high place you stand in the shadow of shall be brought low. Again, not just every valley, but every mountain and every hill shall be made low. Mark 11 verse 23 says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Yeah. Someone once said, if faith won't move your mouth, it won't move your mountain. If faith won't move your mouth, it won't move your mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, whoever speaks to this mountain. We were talking earlier about speaking to 
your enemy. Don't, don't confess what the enemy speaks to you. I, I, I felt how, how disempowering it is when I speak to myself the things the enemy declares to me. Yeah. Or when I give power to those things and worse still, speak to others what the enemy says to me. I was brought to those scriptures in 1 Samuel where David was going out to face Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. And it says, Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. And he looked David over and saw that he was, a, he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. You see, that, that's, that's what the devil is like. The devil speaks to your spirit. And he said, he says, he, he, he cursed David. And it's, and it's like, we can find ourselves, the, the devil will whisper that to us. And we'll, you know, we, we'd be saying, oh God, oh God, the, you know, the, devil, the devil's going to give my flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Oh my God, it's over, it's over, it's gone horribly wrong. Oh, it's, and, we, and we start confessing and thinking about meditating, meditating about what the devil has said. But you see how David handled it. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I... Come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. He didn't say, I come in my own strength. He said, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. David did not confess what the enemy had said. David confessed the word of the Lord. David prophesied, Goliath, you come at me with a curse. But I'm coming against you with the word of the Lord. You try and curse me, but I'm going to prophesy to you. And we know that Goliath was taken down. We've got to speak out our faith. And so I want to say today, if you are standing in the shadow of a mountain, I want to speak to your spirit. And say that the spirit of intimidation is seeking to silence you. Trying to get you to back off and shut up. I just had this picture. Lawrence, just come up here a minute, please. I had this picture. You know, you, you see these um, uh, boxing matches where they're like this. You kind of ruined the moment sorry, of intimidation. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> to be honest, I am intimidated now. <laughs> But it's like right up in the personal space. Mm. Yeah. Trying to get into one another's head. Trying to yeah. dominate mm. the space. Okay, I'm no longer comfortable. Okay. You can. 
But that's how the devil is with us. He'll get right up into our personal space and he'll try and get into our head and, 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 and try and rob us of our confidence, getting us to back off and to shut up. And that's where, like David, we have to remind ourselves that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Don't let the mountain intimidate you. Let faith move your mouth so that it will move your mountain. You see, that's why the devil wants you to shut up just in case you happen to get enough faith to speak to your mountain and command it to fall into the sea. Stop speaking to God about your mountain and start speaking to your mountain about God. So the Bible is telling us that he's the God of the dry place. He's the God of the low places. He's the God of the high places. And then he says that he's the God of the rough place. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places are plain. In Isaiah 50 verse 10, it says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. Let those who walk in the dark and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. The first time I received this scripture I was in a very dark place. And I thought that I was wrong. It was only by God speaking to me through this scripture that I realized that you can be in a dark place and it's all right. You can be in a dark place and it's all right as long as you trust in the name of the Lord and rely on on your God. And you might not be able to do much else but feel your way along the walls of your situation at the moment because it's darkness behind you and it's darkness ahead of you. But you need to understand that God has already gone before you. He knows that these situations come. God gets us to walk through fire but we will not be burned. God gets us to walk through deep waters but we will not be drowned. We want the root to be easy, but God wants the root to be effective. Because God will sometimes train us by our terrain. He will train us by our terrain. He will take us through the rough places because he wants us to build the kind of muscle that will enable us to endure. God is wanting his people to be strong and courageous and tough and mighty. He is, he is wanting, he is raising an army, not a people who come up against the first challenge. And, oh, oh, God. He wants warriors, warrior women and warrior men to rise up in the name of the Lord. We want it to be easy, but God wants it to be effective. We can focus so much on the destination, but God has factored in the journey. The journey shows us 
who we are. And, they show, and it shows us that God is with us. God will sometimes use the journey to introduce us to ourselves. Have you ever been on the kind of journey where you find out stuff about you you didn't even realize was there? You say to yourself, do you know what? I thought I was tougher than this. I thought I was stronger than this. I thought this is the kind of thing I could deal with. And of course it works the other way. Have you ever walked through a set of circumstances where you think, I never thought I would survive that. I could never have imagined myself going through that set of circumstances and coming out the other side. The journey shows us who we are. Rough places are not easy places. But he is the God of the rough places. Have you ever said to yourself, oh God, why, why can't it just be easier? Why does everything have to be so difficult? And you start looking around and you think, it's easy for them. They always seem to be doing great. They're always doing amazing. You know what I've discovered? You've got no idea what's going on behind the scenes. You've got no, I've got no idea about what's going on behind the scenes. And it might just be simply that they're in a different season to you. Because we're not all in the same season at the same time. Don't let what you don't understand rob you of what you know. Don't let what you don't understand rob you of what you know. There's some things that I know. I know God is good. And I know God is faithful. And I know God provides. And I know he makes a way even where there's no way. And I know he heals. I know. And I'm not going to let that stuff I know be taken away by the stuff I don't get because there's some stuff I just don't understand. I don't know why that's happening. I don't know why that worked out like that. I don't know why I prayed that way and it ended up being that way. I don't know that, but there's some stuff I know. And I'm not going to be robbed of the stuff that I know about. So if you're going through a rough place today, I want to speak to your spirit. Because God is the God of the rough places. And the rough places will become smooth. You know, sometimes God's way of making a rough place smooth is to get me walking up and down on it in prayer. My, my God, I need a breakthrough in my life. I need you to move in this situation. His way of getting my rough place smooth is to get me crushing those rocks and grinding that uneven earth and making this rugged path a smooth place because I've walked it down with my prayers and my faith. Don't pray for an easier path. Pray for grace and strength and wisdom to walk the path that God has given you. Turn to someone near you and say, God's got you and so you've got this. God's got you and so you've got this. Turn to someone else and say, God's got you and so you've got this.
You see, life consists of dry places, low places, high places, and rough places. And He's God of them all. And in all these places, Isaiah tells us, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. Whether you're in a dry place, whether you're in a low place, whether you're in a high, stand in the shadow of a high place, or whether you're in a rough place right now, or pretty much all four of those describe your life, God will be, His glory will be revealed. God is on a mission to reveal His glory through you, through your life. Whatever place you're in, if you'll let Him, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Hold on today. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't let go. God is the God of your life wherever you are. And His glory will be revealed. God bless you.